We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Caldwell Pope comes around, gets it. Pope, couple of dribbles, launches up a three-pointer, one go! That's it, it's over. And the Knicks hold on and get the victory. drama down the stretch, but the Knicks prevailed. It wasn't easy, but they survive and get their second straight win and continue to keep their slim hopes of getting into that play-in game. Porzingis, 18 points, 11 rebounds. R.J. Barrett with two huge free throws there on the final seconds. And then Barrett played Caldwell Pope beautifully. Ooh, boy. <laughs> It's never easy, or at least when you think it's easy, or when you think it's going to be easy. It's never easy. Um, Knicks uh, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat in this game. Uh, They beat the Wizards 100 to uh, 97, I think was the final. Um, Not a very pretty game. a fun game at times, uh, certainly not a not a pretty game. One of the worst offensive performances that you will see from uh, a team uh, ever. Uh, the Knicks were absolutely dreadful on that end of the floor. The Knicks ended up shooting tonight 31 for 90 from the field, 34.4%. Um, only shot 30% from three. Uh, on the flip side, they out-rebound the Washington Wizards 60-38, to 38, as was obviously a running theme throughout the broadcast tonight. Um, what do you say about this game? Uh, or what do you say about the Knicks at this point in the season? Other than that, they are who we thought they were. Um, and that will not change anytime soon. Uh, what a maddening, frustrating team. Um, look, uh, I will say this. Uh, the Knicks, since the All-Star break, uh, barring barring something strange, um, after the stats update, um, the Knicks are going to have the best defensive rating in the NBA since the All-Star break. Um, they have, or they're going to have, again, when the stats update, they're going to have the, uh, the second best net rating in the NBA over their last eight games. Like, they're playing better basketball. Like, things are good. Um, for the most part, even tonight when they did not hit shots and when the offensive process from Julius Randle, I thought was absolutely abysmal. 
I don't really care how many rebounds he ended up with or how many points he ended up, he ended up with 18 and 17. I could care less. I thought this was Julius, one of Julius Randle's worst games of the season. He ended up going six for 22 from the field, um, four assists, four turnovers, terrible process, just abysmal process. Um, bad shot after bad shot after bad shot. When, you know, when the Knicks were moving, that's it. And, and that's the difference between him and RJ. And look, I'm not going to sit here and praise RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett was six for 22 as well. Exact same stat line, literally the exact same stat line, six for 22 for 18 points. I thought the difference was that with RJ, yeah, he's missing shots. I think the process for RJ is always better than the process for Randall. Um, because with RJ, at least you're getting to the hoop. Um, you're giving your, your center in this case, Mitchell Robinson, who was offensive rebounding the basketball all night long, a better chance. Um, but at the same time, again, we're sitting here, we're talking about a game in which the Knicks won and their best two players each went six for 22 from the field. It's a sign that the team, uh, team continues to play hard. Um, are they playing well? Yes and no. Um, offensively, uh, as, as Channing Ty Fry told me on the, the pod today, the offense is, is poo-poo. I uh, am not going to disagree with him on that. Um, anyone who has watched the team for any sustained length of time knows um, that that is very much the case. But listen, they won the game. They're 5-3 and three in their last eight. Uh, Atlanta won tonight, so it's not like they caught up in the uh, play-in. Right, I believe Atlanta won tonight. At least they were winning last I checked. Um, so, yeah, um, no no benefit there. Um, is the play-in race over? Probably. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, before I move on to the Super Chats, uh, I do want to highlight uh, one, two players who I thought had excellent games tonight. First and foremost, Emmanuel Quickly. Um, Emmanuel Quickly about two weeks ago, had a game where he had 27 points on 10 shots. Uh, in his last game, he had 18 points on five shots. Tonight, he had 15 points on seven shots. Um, all of the shooting woes for him earlier in the year, I think, have fallen by the wayside. He's figuring out how to get to the free throw line again. He's playing the best basketball, I would say, of the season. I would argue he's playing the best basketball of his career. I think Emmanuel quickly had one of his better games of the year tonight. Really, really good stuff from him. Um, they would not have won the game without him. Um, played 28 minutes, same as Alec Burks. We'll talk about Burks. Um, you know, very good game from quickly. And then Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, a force all night long. Uh, 10 offensive rebounds, tied, I believe, his career high there. Uh, 15 points also. You know, this was a great matchup for Mitch uh, against the center who is, um, shall we politely, what should we politely say about Christoph Porzingis? Not the most physical guy in the world. Um, you know, Mitch is going to be able to dominate the board on these uh, against these teams. And I actually thought it was a mistake by Tibbs to take him out um, because the Wiz were going to play, you know, hack a Mitch. Because, hey, guess what? It's not like your usual crunch time offense is any better. Um, Mitch hit the two free throws too before, before Tibbs took him out. I didn't love that. I thought his offensive rebounding was their best offense all night. Um, so a great game from Mitch, great game from quickly, pretty mediocre to bad games from everybody else. It was good to see Grimes back out there. I'm sure people are going to want to talk about the fact that Deuce didn't play. Um, you know, look, team played nine guys tonight. Six of them are on rookie contracts. Uh, of the six guys who are on rookie contracts, um, 
two were their most important, two of the four most important players tonight were on rookie contracts, or excuse me, uh, three of the four most important players tonight in RJ, Mitch, and quickly. Uh, Phony had a good game too, we should say. Uh, shot it well, had some nice steals there, but, you know, it's the Fournier experience. We're, we're used to that already. Um, but yes, a lot of people are going to talk about the fact that we didn't get to see Deuce McBride, and we'll get to that when we get to it. On that note, let's go to the uh, let's go to the videotape and see what uh, people want to talk about. Gee Hooper, then I have a feeling I know how we're going to get started off tonight. Uh, the Randall experience is something to behold. Has that ridiculous Burke small ball lineup ever worked? Uh, why is that Tibbs' idea of small ball anyway? Um, I guess you are referring to the lineup uh, at the end there with Burks quickly. Um, Fournier, RJ, and uh, Randall. I mean, I don't think we've seen that lineup a whole lot. Uh, I will well, – give me a sec. I'll look it up right now, how many minutes it's played. I don't think that particular small ball lineup has ever – has played a whole lot of minutes for the next. Um, but just in general, if you're critiquing the idea of playing Randall at the five and, like, Burks out there with quickly, I mean – I didn't have a problem with the lineup. I had more of an issue with the fact that they took Mitch off the court because I thought what Mitch was giving you on the offensive boards um, was, you know, as valuable as anything that you had going on in the game. Um, the infatuation with – I will never understand. Look, it, again, Burks is what he is. Um, by the way, when the Knicks were hemorrhaging the lead, uh, who got to the foul line and got two points? Alec Burks. You know, it's funny how he does that. Um yeah, I mean they don't have a point guard. So I don't know. We've been saying it since since game seven. Uh, it hasn't changed. It's game whatever it is now. Game seventy. Team doesn't didn't have a point guard all year. They still don't have a point guard. The closest thing they have is Emmanuel Quickly. Um, I thought Quickly played great tonight. I thought Burks played fine tonight. Um, they were both on the floor there late. Um, you know, as far as Randall, I, I've made my my feelings on Julius Randall pretty well known at this point. I would like for them very much to move on from Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle is a player who does not think the game um, at a high enough level, and it did not bite us in the ass last year when he was making a whole bunch of shots. He's not making those shots anymore, and I don't believe that we could rely on him to make those shots um, consistently ever again. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it is something to behold. Rob Delusma. What's up, JM? What's going on, Rob? Hope you and the KFM clan are well. The front office are going to let Mitch Rob walk, and it won't feel right seeing him in another uniform. You know, I look, they might. They might let him walk. Um, I, I, and if they do, I promise you, I promise you, I'm, I'm making a commitment right now. I will get on here, and I will absolutely kill them for letting him walk. Not necessarily because I think that they should pay him whatever amount of money that some other team is going to potentially pay him this summer, but because you have had this guy for four years. You kind of knew what he was when you drafted him in terms of he's quirky, you know, all this, that, and the other thing. Why didn't you trade him? Why didn't you get something for him when you had the chance? Why take it into this summer? Why risk letting him get away for nothing? And this is something where me and Jeremy disagree Jeremy's like, well, they get a trade exception. I don't care about a trade exception. He's a he is a 
at worst, I think, an average starting center in the NBA. Now, is there a way that you, you know, if a team comes at him with an offer of $16, $17 million a year, so $15, $16, 17000000 million a year, should they, um, should they agree to pay him that much? I'm not really sure if they should because I don't think he's that caliber of player, and I think that contract can come back to bite them in the ass. But again, that just gets me to the, the point that I've been making, I feel like, for since the trade deadline, which is like if you don't think – if you think there's a possibility the guy's going to get away, you know, get some form while you, while you can. Um, to answer the question, by the way, going into tonight, the Burks, Fournier, Randall, Barrett, quickly uh, lineup had played a total of nine minutes this season. So I don't know, uh, I don't know what you're complaining about there. Uh, Joseph John, what's going on, Joseph? Worst offensive system in the league, hashtag Channing Fry. Yeah, it's read and react. It's read and react. And uh, for read and react to work, you need two things. You need players who uh, command the attention of the defense um, and can create matchup advantages. Knicks don't have that right now, especially when RJ's having an off night um, and when Julius is having an off night. And you need really good decision makers. And the Knicks have some good decision makers, and we see those good decision makers making good decisions occasionally. Emmanuel Quickly, in particular, um, RJ Barrett sometimes. But the guy who's spearheading a majority of your offense, oftentimes, most oftentimes, is not making good decisions. You know, this came to my mind when I was watching in the fourth quarter where the, uh, the Wizards had no center in. And as soon as they took their center out, what's the first thing they did? Uh, R.J. Barrett had the ball, went and, you know, pistol set, threw a lob to Mitch. Easy money. Next possession. Knicks come down the court. What does Julius Randle do? Takes a fadeaway 16-footer. Fred Katz mentioned it on the pod the other day. Why does Julius Randle never throw lobs to Mitch? Well, maybe he doesn't like Mitch. Maybe he has an issue with Mitch. Maybe he has an issue with other players on the team. Um... Kendra Randall intimated that uh, the uh, alleged, you know, locker room beefs, all a product of uh, us content creators. And it's funny you bring that up, Kendra, because I didn't hear any content creators talking about locker room beefs until you brought it up. Talk about spilling the beans. You know, again, why doesn't Julius Randall throw lobs to Mitch ever, especially in a situation like that when it's easy money? In any case, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. Um, is it the worst offensive system in the league? I think it's bottom five offensive personnel in the league. And, the, and you know, without Derrick Rose. Um, so when you have bad offensive personnel, it's like, you know, and that's no disrespect to Channing Fry. I think he made a good point. I do think it's an ugly offense. Um, and on a night like tonight, you know, you score 100 points against a team like the Wizards who doesn't play defense worth anything. Um, it, it's, it's no, uh, it's no great shakes. Dan Hidalgo. What's going on, Dan? LOL. <laughs> I love that. Starting that comment like that on the bright side. So good to see Grimes be able to resume his rookie season. Yes. Great. Uh, rusty, but such a plus player. Every, every NBA team would love to have all I could see tonight when I was watching that, that kids lineup play again is, um, the notion of next season Grimes and RJ in particular, and quickly, you know, I, I look, I, they're probably not. Emmanuel quickly is probably not going to be the starting point guard of the next next year. But man, quickly Grimes and RJ, the three of those dudes, 
Um, I just love. I think they make beautiful music together. Uh, I think they're good. I think they have synergy. I think they they up each other's energy. Um, and when RJ's making shots, like they could all shoot it. Uh, and you got quickly making decisions like this, driving like this, drawing fouls like this. I think it really does create, um, uh, you know, a nice a nice situation. Uh, well, we're doing lineups actually. Um, I'm now curious how how those how many minutes those guys have have played together. Um, so I'm going to look that up as well. But yeah, I love Grimes. It was great to see him back. Um, yeah, so Barrett, Grimes, and Quickly this season have played 122 minutes together. Not a significant sample size by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 102.9 offense, not not good at all. 94.4 defense. <laughs> it's pretty hysterical. Those guys could defend. Uh, if you get one more, you know, plus if you get an engine at the four, a real engine, not Julius Randle, you know, then we could have a conversation about those lineups being really sustainable. Um, Kevin Danishevsky. Well, that was a win, I guess. It's, you know, it's such a shame. And I don't disagree with you, Kevin. It's, it's a feel bad loss, right? It's the definition of a feel bad loss. Um, four minutes left in the game when they were up by 15, like, you know, so much to feel good about. Yeah. We complained about Randall, like hijacking the offense and taking crappy shots and like RJ didn't have a great night, but like, Everything was great, and then the team just absolutely implodes, and then it and then it raises all of the questions that every every fan has been asking all season. Like, why can this team not close games? Why does the coach, you know, who has had an entire year to figure out the best people to put on the floor, continue to not be able to avoid these late game meltdowns and continue to put guys on the floor that clearly are not getting the job done? And like, I know they won tonight, but like for everybody who's complaining about, you know, you know, more, more Burks, Randall, whatever, down the stretch, like just not any rhyme or reason to why they're doing what they're doing on offense in those last couple minutes. I can't blame anybody. It's all valid. It's all valid. Um, and at the same time, I have to be the guy to sit here and say, this team is still playing hard for their coach. And you know that because they have the best defensive basketball since the all-star break. And some people don't care about that. You know, there's a lot of people don't care about that. They ah, doesn't play the right guys, offensive system, this, that, and the other. Okay, that's fine. You know, and I understand it's, it's, it's easier and more convenient to pick and choose the facts that support the argument that you want to make. And that is that this team should get a new head coach, and that's fine. I, I have to be a little more even keeled. Uh, Hush Zoo. John, can we agree about this on tips? He seriously can't keep enabling Randall to ISO over and over. None of this. What else can we do or what else can we go to? The young lineup shows were, were much so much capable of so much more on offense. Um, I love the young lineup. I think the young lineup is awesome. I think the way the young lineup plays, it's, it, it's tough to foresee that. Then being able to play that way for an entire game. I think it's perfectly suited for a backup five. Um, and then for the Randall ISO ball, it's awful. It's, it's terrible. One of the things that I've struggled with most this year is how to handle the fact that this is continuing, this continues to be allowed to happen because there is, you're either saying Tibbs is allowing it or encouraging it, or Tibbs can't control it. And whatever the answer is, it's not good for Tibbs. 
Um, what I'm more in the camp of is I would love to see them ship out Randall and bring in a player, like literally almost anyone else, who's not going to commandeer the offense like this, but can you know can get you a little bit of on ball something, you know. Um, and even if you even if you have to trade Randall for someone who is not an engine at all, like a, you know, like a Harrison Barnes type or Harrison Barnes, you know, and you bring in Jalen Brunson to be your number two, or you bring or you trade for Malcolm Brogdon to be your number two behind RJ. Like, I think that team's a lot better. Like RJ and the kids that were that are here right now, that that, that, that team's not going to be good. Um, they're not going to be able to score enough points. If you give me RJ and another, uh, like, again, a Brogdon, a Brunson, someone solid, uh, who knows what the hell they're doing, maybe play a little bit more up-pace, up-tempo, the whole thing, and you get Randall out of here, I think you're going to go back to seeing Tibbs as a good coach. Um, do I know that for sure? No, of course not. Um, but I agree with you. It's incredibly frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, all right. Uh, by the way, shout out tonight to uh, Rich McLeod. Rich is uh, our guest producer. Um, Andrew Claudio is taking the night off, so we appreciate him uh, for for filling in. Um, yeah, so shout out to Rich. Um, Hushu, uh, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I hope the Knicks call up the Wiz and ask what Kuzma's price is. I'm on board with keeping Tibbs if we trade Randall. Um Kuzma has played himself into a nice little role there in Washington. He's been really good. Uh, he's just a solid NBA player at this point. I think he doesn't look good on Washington because, or rather, let me rephrase that. He looks good on Washington. I think Washington hasn't been good, but that's no no fault of Kuzma's. What's the price going to be to get Kuzma? I have no idea. I mean, do is there a world where you could trade Randall to the Wizards and get back? Kuzma and something else, obviously, to make the money work. Maybe um, I would make that phone call. I would much rather have Kyle Kuzma on my team than Julius Randle. Um, but I don't know if that's a realistic possibility. We'll see. Bernard Richardson, F. Porzingis. That's it. That's the comment. I love it, Bernard. Thank you so much. Um, Jeremy E., would you agree that this team is one Russell Westbrook away from a top five pick? Yeah, I'll address the Russ thing. Uh, I figured it was going to come up, so I waited for it. So, yeah, for anybody who missed the Channing Fry interview, he brought up the idea of um, – he actually was trying to get me to guess what, what star player the Knicks should trade for um, that uh, was good before this year. And he said star player, and, of course, I didn't think Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook's not a star player anymore. And it threw me for such a loop, I didn't even know what to say. Um, so I had a little bit of a, you know, cack on my tongue. Um, that being said, if I'm being, uh, completely honest, um, even had I been more prepared for that to come out of his mouth, which I was not, um, I don't think I would have pushed back on it. Uh, and the reason is twofold. One, if I'm just being honest, it's not my personality, uh, to push back against people, especially I have a thing where if I'm talking to someone who I respect, um, a lot and I think is just way more qualified to be talking about basketball than I am. Uh, I have a very difficult time pushing back on almost anything they say. Um, you know, it is what it is. Something I guess I should probably work on. 
Um, but yeah, if Channing Fry is like, yeah, I think the Knicks should trade for Russell Westbrook. You know what? Channing Fries are in the right to make that comment. Um, and the other thing, and this is the real reason why I don't think I was going to push back on it, because I, I know where it would lead. And it's I'm not going to get into a conversation with a guy who has actually played in the league about whether Russell Westbrook is good anymore. I mean, yeah, could, uh, I don't think that's the podcast anyone wanted to listen to. It was be like, well, did you know that uh, Russell Westbrook's efficiency is in the bottom whatever, 22nd percentile of all you know point guards that, like, you know, that's not that's not why I, I do this. That's not why I have these pods. That's not why I want to talk to guys like Channing Fry. He's entitled to his opinion. And by the way, it's not an it's not a uh, it's not a unique opinion. Um, you know, listen to any any NBA player, any former NBA player. They respect the hell out of Russ um, because of the way he plays, the way he approaches the game. And and the last thing I will say, and we'll probably get into this a little bit on the in the next podcast, me and Jeremy do. But like, and look, you guys know me. I, I have said it before. I'll say it again. Russell Westbrook is my least favorite player to watch in the NBA. Um, I remember four, whatever it was, three, four years ago when the idea of, of trading for Chris Paul came up from the Rockets. And uh, and um, everybody was like, oh, my God, how dumb would the Knicks be to trade for Chris Paul? Well, I guess they wouldn't have been so dumb. Like, Am I willing to think about what a world would look like in which we took on Russell Westbrook's expiring contract, got rid of Randall, got rid of Fournier, and got two Laker first-round picks and maybe a pick swap? I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'll be honest. I, I'd be interested in in exploring that that scenario. Um, I know a lot of people would disagree with me, and again, it would force me to have to watch Russell Westbrook. But um, you know. It's funny how many ideas you think are crazy until you actually do them um, and you see the results. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully not cross that bridge because I really don't want to watch Russ. He's, I, I really do not care for him. But, uh, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, including Channing Fry, especially Channing Fry. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Drew P. Extend Mitch. Um, odds IQ starts a point guard next season. Um, the odds that quickly starts a point guard next season, I would put it at like 15%. Uh, it would mean that they didn't acquire a point guard this summer. And I just, I think they're going to acquire a point guard this summer. Um, I don't know who's going to be, but I think they'll acquire somebody. We'll, we'll, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. Uh, Lunas, am I right? What's going on, Lunas? Part of me really believes that the point guard we've been desperate for can be quickly. When his shot is hitting, in my opinion, he could run it and allows RJ to create more. You know, one of my newsletter subscribers uh, sent me a really smart message today um, regarding, you know, the notion of what bringing in a high-usage point guard would look like alongside Julius Randle and RJ Barrett two guys who clearly very much want the ball in their hands. And, I, you know, it, unless that guy is like a, like a, an NBA, like a superstar, I, I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about a lot because it really is about finding someone who could fit next to those guys if you don't trade them, which is, again, part of why I want to get rid of Julius Randle because I don't, I think as long as he's here, he's going to see himself as one of the two lead dogs of this offense. And it's really, I mean, we just, there's only one ball and no one's been able to ever do the three stars at once thing. Uh, You know, as a famous, famous line once read, uh, someone's got to be Chris Bosh. Would I love to see quickly get the opportunity? Yeah, I would. I think he's earned it. but, you know, if, if he doesn't get the opportunity, as long as he's playing a lot, which he is now, and he's playing like this, you know, I'll, I'll sign for it. Kenny Rose, Q needs to run the offense. Uh, gaining confidence, yes. Is RJ really worth $100 million? Come on, it's one bad game. The guy's been lighting it up. Not efficiently, but he's been doing really well for two and a half months now. Won't get it unless Randall is gone. 41% is not going to do it. I love Grimes. Um, yeah, RJ had a bad game. He'll be fine. Um, I'm not worried about RJ Barrett and, and, uh, RJ is going to get the max and he deserves the max and the Knicks should pay him the max. Um, mild cowboy Mo, what's going on, man? Mitchell Robinson doesn't have any offensive moves. Um, it was kind of fun to see him take that little baby, baby jump hook and he left it short. Um, but his ability uh, to offensive rebound is irreplaceable. I pray the front office resigns him. Um, yeah, I, I, look, personally, whether they resign him for a, a decent number, even a slight overpay, or whether they sign and trade him for something that's fair value, good, solid value, like, I'm not going to be apoplectic about either of those. Um, I think either is an okay scenario. I just don't want to lose him for nothing. So, you know, I, I guess from that sense, I do hope they resign him. Um, my thoughts on 
an AB, an AB plus 223 seconds trade. Um, I'm assuming you mean like, what could we get for Alec Burks and two, 2023 seconds? Probably not much. Um, I think Alec Burks is, is his value is, is that of a neutral contract in the NBA. I don't think anyone's banging down their door for Alec Burks. And I don't think the seconds are going to make that much of a difference. Um, Delski, what's going on, Delski? What kind of player or specific player, if you had in mind, can we get if we package Randall Burks and a ninth or tenth pick? So the issue there is you are dealing with a lot of money. Randall is going to be on the books. Um, well, actually, no, because you could make that trade. You can make that trade before the new league year, so you can get Randall on his current salary. And Burks is making about ten million. So, um, what kind of player can you get? Ugh, goodness gracious, you're gonna make me think about this. Um, I think you could mm, you could get it. Like, okay, in theory, right? In theory, you could get a low level all star with that sort of package. But then you start looking around the league and you're like, okay, fine. Who's the low-level all-star that a team is going to trade us for that package? And there's no real obvious answer. Like to me, I always go back to like, okay, who are the Randall teams? And then it's like Portland, Washington, once upon a time, maybe Sacramento. Does like Indiana have any interest in in in, in Julius Randle? Like I, I I don't know. I don't I don't really think so. Um, and then you're talking about that kind of money. Like just look at the guys who make around thirty million dollars or a little bit more than thirty million dollars. It's it's not it's not going to be easy to find a trade um, because the teams that have those players are not going to be banging down the door to to get that package. Um, I don't see an obvious one. I really don't. I hate to, I hate to leave you hanging here. I just, I really don't see an obvious trade, um, for, for a player making the amount of money that that trade would be able to get you. Um, I could be wrong, I suppose, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. Unfortunately, uh, Kenny Rose, what's going on? One more. Thanks for contributing, by the way, Kenny. This team really needs a young coach with a future of Barrett, Grimes, quickly, and more draft picks. Enough of ISO ball, love the future. Um, I don't know. I don't think young coach needs to be with young team. Um, might they benefit from a young coach? Sure. I don't think it has anything to do with the age of the team, though. Uh, Dan Scalioni, how do you feel about a Randall for Brogdon swap this summer? Okay, perfect follow-up to the previous question. We get a point guard. And Randall gets to go play with his pal Miles Turner or beautiful Indiana. Um, would I trade um, Julius Randall for Malcolm Brogdon? Yes. Do I think Indiana would do that? Um, see, Indiana is uh, an interesting franchise. Like, they've never tanked uh, until this year. And this year they were kind of almost forced into a tank. They didn't want to tank. They waited a while until they traded Sabonis and like 
and they got back a, a damn good player, and they're like still playing their guys, they're still playing a win. I just don't like mm-hmm. God. Maybe they do that. I don't know. Maybe they feel like with Halliburton, Randall, Turner, Duarte, um, whoever they get in the draft this year, maybe they feel like that's a squad and they could go and they could, you know, be a four seed or a five seed or a six seed or whatever they want to be. I just, I, I have such a difficult time seeing any, anybody in the league right now viewing Julius Randall as anything other than a distressed asset. And you could get a good player for a distressed asset, but it's likely going to be another distressed asset. Uh, see Kristaps Porzingis for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, um, I just don't know why Indiana would do that because Brogdon's not a distressed asset. Brogdon is good. I hope so. Uh, I hope so. Um, you know, maybe the Knicks uh, sweeten the pot somehow. I don't. I don't know how they would sweeten the pot, but um, yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, and also, a lot of this comes down to Brunson too. If they can just get Brunson, then they'll probably get Brunson. Anthony Sixto, what's going on, Anthony? Randall subbed in. Score four consecutive baskets to snatch the lead. Double double with seventeen boards. Most of the game had the ugliest plus had the highest plus minus. Ugly offensively, but he helped us win tonight. Man, I I, I have to strongly disagree with that. Uh, I know he's averaged twenty four ten and six over his last twenty. I don't know how you could say a player. Look, did he play good defense? Sure. I think pretty much the whole team played solid defense. Although he was covering. Kuzman, at least one of those late threes. Um, I again, it all comes back to Tibbs, right? Tibbs tells you every game after the post game when Randall drives, or when when Randall drives and he's asked about Randall. It's always the same thing. When Randall, when he attacks the basket, it makes us a better, more dangerous team. So if your coach is saying that, it's a sign then you should do that more. And he doesn't do that more. Why? Why when he's shooting 35% from long mid-range and 31% from three? Why? It's inexcusable in my mind. And the process is so bad. It's so bad. And it evokes a player who, and especially, here's the other thing, especially since those so many of those possessions come with no ball movement whatsoever where there's little to no attempt to generate a better shot. Some people put that all on Tibbs. I'm not absolving Tibbs, but I, I, I put that on. If the, if the player's the one who's, who's doing the jab step and the jab step and the jab step and the fadeaway, I can't, I can't say he had a good he had a bad game. He, he was not helping the cause tonight, not against his shitty team against another team. You may have needed him, but, no. C.T. Pittman, great pod this morning. Thanks, C.T. I'm glad you enjoyed it. After this postgame show, I got to go on Twitter spaces and listen to the divided fan base of playing optimists versus tank commanders. Day coming full circle. God bless anyone who still goes on Twitter and, and listens to, uh, you know, any of the people who do these things. Um, I, I certainly would not have it in me. Um, but CT, you're always welcome here. I'll say that. Uh, Andrew Claudio, of course, Andrew Claudio chimes in. Hello, Andrew Claudio. How are you? 
Hey, Magri, first time, long time. Just checking in to make sure no one else on this channel suggested Russell Westbrook is the next savior. Hashtag 35 wins. I love it. Perfect. Perfect comedic timing, as, as was the case on Final Review Pod for uh, the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I'm just thinking of some of the lines. Okay. Um, oh, we got a tweet from Fred Kant. Speaking of Fred Katz, speaking of Mr. Randall, Julius Randall said he cried twice about Kenny Payne leaving the Knicks for the head coaching job at Louisville. It made me sick. Randall said, Randall absolutely glowing right now about how much he loves Payne and how happy he is for him. Called it a storybook ending. That's right. I mean, shout out to, to Kenny Payne. We love Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne's awesome. I'm glad for him. Um, yeah. Robert Cross. What's going on, Robert? First time, long time, John. I must say that I may have gotten hype about Russ in the Knicks uniform for about 37 seconds. Do you blame me? I, I blame anyone who, who thinks that, like, Russ is going to lead them good anywhere basketball-wise. Um, but I, you know, I look at all these things from an asset valuation perspective. And, like, if you view Julius Randle as a negative asset, which – I don't think it's unreasonable. It's it may just be a question of whether he's a a slightly negative asset or an extraordinarily negative asset. If you view him as that, and you view the next four years and 117 million dollars as a as an albatross, not an albatross, but like as bad money, and you could get off that money along with Fournier's two years and and 38 million or 36 million um, for a guy that expires. And you get picks with it from a team that like doesn't look like it knows where it's going right now. Um, that part of it is interesting to me. Um, and look, right, you know, uh, look, Russ is not my cup of tea. Plays hard every night. Um, I just, I'm so fearful because if you don't design at this point in his career, with just how horrendous he is from everywhere else on the floor besides at the rim. And even at the rim, he's not good at the rim, but you know, if it's just rush driving, 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 you could survive. But like what, who, like, why would I want to like trust his decision-making? I'm here. I'm sitting here complaining about Julius Randall's decision-making. So I'm going to go from the frying pan into the fire with Russell Westbrook. I, I can't get excited about that. Um, that would be a hold your nose trade. Uh, hush zoo. One more from Hush. Uh, thanks for the contribution, Hush. We appreciate it. Uh, I won't lie. Yes, having a point guard is up there, but I feel like having Randall on this team is more damaging than not having a point guard. I think Ju Julius Randall is – I said it before. I think he's a cancer. I think he's a cancer to everything that they're trying to do. I think you need to get him off the team as soon as possible. Um, you know, other people think Tibbs is the cancer. Who's right? I guess we'll find out soon enough because <laughs> some tells me they're not both going to be back next year. Um, uh, uh, Rich, uh, Jonas wants his last comment pinned. I don't know what it was, but uh, I will, I will, I will try to find it. Um, hang on one sec here. Okay. Uh, two more supers and then we'll, we'll try to, Oh, here we go. And then I got Jonas. C.T. Pittman, uh, and did you see the pregame Wizards commentators were talking about World Wide West saying, don't believe what you're hearing regarding reports about Tibbs? I did not. 
Um, but I think we've gotten all the reporting we need from Tibbs. Tibbs is not Tibbs is not going to get fired. Um, whether he should or shouldn't, different different story, right? Uh, okay, uh, Jonas, are you afraid that Mitch will stop trying at this level if he gets a big contract? Knowing his inconsistent mindset and mentality, I fear this could happen once he gets his financial security. I would love to be able to say I'm not afraid, but I mean, man, I trusted Julius Randle. I, I don't think it's the money that Julius, but like Julius Randle was playing like his life depended on it last year. And it showed at both ends of the floor. And then he got paid and like, and like Mitch, like what, where, where, mm, where is he on the, on the socio-emotional wavelength, you know? Um, he's just a strange guy. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Am I afraid? Yeah, I'm a little afraid, sure. Um, but I also know he's a really – he's a he's a special talent. Um, I just don't think this notion that, like, oh, my God, they have to pay Mitch because there is a – and, again, shout out to Fred Katz for bringing this up, as others have too. Benji's said it all year. Tom uh, Piccolo has said it. Like – if ever there was a player that you're like, get this guy a stretch five, it's RJ Barrett. And to a lesser extent, Julius Randall. Now, obviously I want to get rid of Randall, but you know, and Mitch is in a stretch five. So what are we going to do about the fact that maybe the best version of this team has Mitchell Robinson coming off the bench or Mitchell Robinson, not closing games. I, you know, I don't know how to reconcile all that. Uh, Brian Lests, what's going on, Brian? J Mac, I've been critical of Tibbs this year, but people rooting for his firing one year after a playoff berth are missing how the decision perpetuates the air of dysfunction. Respected coaches deserve more. Um, I think that's a big part of it, Brian. Um, and you know who else has been critical of Tibbs this year? Me. Again, and, and, and everybody, nobody, nobody wants to pay attention to that because everybody thinks it's just me. Uh, giving a little bit so I, I can stand on my soapbox and, and preach the preach the gospel of Tibbs, and that's fine. I mean it when I say he has not coached a good year. I think how he handled the Kemba thing was an abomination. Um, and it is an abomination that is indicative of how he is as a as a communicator. And it's bad. And I think that that really soured a lot of shit in this locker room, and a lot of the problems this year have been were a part, partially the result of how he handled that. Um I think he tr- could have trusted quickly more uh, throughout the entire year. Um, he ha- as we've talked about very clearly, he has not gotten through to Julius Randle. Um, you know, and like they do run a basic offense. You know, there's no question about it. They run a basic off- uh, offense and it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not, oh, thank you, Rich. I got it. Um, and it's, it's not pretty. It's not pleasing on the eyes. Um, so, again, he has not done a good job. He's also a he's also a coach of a losing team that is playing their asses off still at this point for him and continue he continues to do one thing that other people you know all these all these you know all these geniuses that want to put you know pin him as a you know bottom five coach or whatever nonsense people want to spout to just conveniently ignore the fact that you have a coach that is going to arm a team every night Every night, every single night, with a defensive game plan that has the capability of working against whoever the opponent is, 
because he worked harder at formulating that defensive game plan than anybody. Again, most fans don't care about that, and that is that is at their convenience to do so. But I will not stop preaching about that because it matters, because I've had to watch shitty basketball for 20 years, and the genesis of that shitty basketball for 20 years has been teams that aren't prepared on defense and don't give a shit about defense, and this team does both. They care and they're prepared. And for the evidence of that, just look at, at any of the stats. First and foremost, their defensive rating without Kemba Walker on the floor, which is the equivalent of a top-five defense, same as it was last year. Their net rating without Kemba on the floor is the same as it was last year. It's just, you know, but people are going to pay attention to what they want to pay attention to because, I, I don't know, they like getting likes on Twitter. What the fuck do I know? Uh, Juanon. What's going on, Juanon? Uh, Macri, great with Fry, interview with Fry. Um, would love to know more about the locker room stuff. Randall's wife reference could explain a lot this season. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, still think Aiden is in play this offseason. Um, I don't think Aiden is in play this offseason. I, I would be very surprised if they gave him all that money. Um, I don't think he solves their issues. I think, you know, different type of player maybe, but I don't know. Um, as for what Fry uh, – or, sorry, as for the, the locker room stuff that Randall's wife referenced, I could just say that from what I've heard, Randall has had issues with certain people in the Knicks locker room. Um, not not coach, but players. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say who those players are that I because I, I have no confirmation of this, but I I can tell you with, with, with good authority that uh, it has not been copacetic between Julius and, and the other guys in terms of like, not anything big that I, again, maybe it's been big and I just haven't heard about it, but like, is he a fan of everybody else on his team? No, he's not. And has that caused issues? Yes, it has. And it's people, it's guys that everybody likes, you know? Um, but you know, I don't know how much does the front office care about that? I'll tell you this. We'll know if certain guys are traded this off season and Julius Randall's still here. We'll know exactly what the front office thinks about Who's more important? Um, you know, we'll see. Ah, Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? Our la- I think this is probably our last comment of the night because I'm going to get out of here. Um, shout out to guest producer Rich. Yes, shout out to guest producer Rich. Uh, great night from Sims. Yeah, I like Sims. Sims is always great. Sims is a pleasure. Sims is a ball of energy. Um, he's the guy I'm excited about moving forward. Uh, rougher night from RJ, but when his shots are in front, we're not falling. He started finding others and never slipped. Uh, stopped playing hard. Great pot today. Thanks, Jessica. I appreciate that. Um, always appreciate you chiming in here. Um, yeah, I, I look. RJ's twenty-one. It's all growth at this point for me. Willing to overlook a lot of a um, lot of flaws from him to um, you know see the bigger picture. And I think he's earned that right uh, with how he's played this year. That's it. Um, appreciate everybody for chiming in, uh, coming, watching, checking it out uh, on a Friday night in which the Knicks tried very hard to lose, but they did not. Thankfully, I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see what happens over the next three weeks. I guess we'll see what happens on ping pong ball night. But uh, I will be back on Sunday after the Jazz game. Can they beat the Jazz? I don't know. Maybe. We'll find out. Uh, Until then, enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you soon. Peace out.